Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll be beginning in verse 19. And so, Father, we do come before you again with thanksgiving and praise. Lord, there is none like you in all the earth. You're the maker of heaven and earth. You created it all, and you created us. And we're just so grateful that you brought us here today where we can come and worship you together, and we can study your word together. But Father, we know that we need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us. Lord, you are the perfect teacher. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us. You know where we're at this morning. You know what we need. And I pray that you would meet each and every individual here today with the word that you want to give us. Lord, pour out your grace. Give us humble hearts. Help us to see spiritually. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 9, as you know, the Apostle Paul has been instructing this church that he planted and that he loved. He had planted it four years prior, and they are a church that are really rich with the gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot of wonderful things going on with the church at Corinth, but they're famously known for having a lot of things wrong as well. And so the Apostle Paul is instructing the church uh, on various topics, and he's been teaching them the value of denying one's liberties, one's rights for the betterment of the gospel and the brethren within the church. He had the liberty to eat. He had the liberty to drink. But yet the apostle Paul would deny himself for the betterment of the church and for the spreading of the gospel. He had the right to take a wife like the other apostles, but he chose to remain as he was, to be single, to be able to travel and do the work of of the apostle, and so he didn't take up that right. He also had a commandment from the Lord, right, that the church in Corinth uh, was responsible for caring for his financial needs as their apostle or minister. He ministered to them the spiritual things, and so uh, God commands a church to care for their ministers, and so he was worthy of their uh, them taking care of him physically. But he didn't take that right. Again, he's teaching the value of self-denial for the furtherance of the gospel. He didn't want those who were accusatory towards him or hating on him to say that the Apostle Paul was peddling the word of God for money. Paul preached out of sincerity, and he thought to himself, or was guided, to say no to their uh, financial uh, um, care. Denying himself. Why? For the church, for the spreading of the gospel. He restricted himself 
Because what was most important to Paul was that the gospel uh, would reach more people. His heart was to see people's lives change. And I wonder this morning if we have the same heart where we care more about people getting saved and the brethren being built up than we do about our own pleasures and our own freedoms. Do we have that kind of heart like Paul did? Jesus, our Lord, said in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Are we willing to lay down our lives for the gospel? Is winning souls our master passion, or are we still living for ourselves and for our self-interests? Jesus would say uh, one of his last words to the apostles before he ascended into heaven in Mark 16, 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. That is God's commission to every believer. Preach the gospel to every creature. Are we this morning living for that? Is that our master passion? Or are we still living for our comforts, for our entertainment, for our social lives, or for our hobbies? What are we living for? The gospel needs to be our master passion. Paul would say in Galatians 20, verse 20, uh, verse 2, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said it when he was saved, when he was apprehended by the Lord. I'm no longer living for myself. It ain't about my wants. It ain't about my liberties, my rights. It ain't about, um, you know, my pleasures. It's about living for God now. And I believe God this morning is speaking to our hearts that we need to be in this place. We need to be this kind, these types of Christians that are willing to lay down their life for the sake of the gospel. And that's really what he's talking about in this chapter. More self-denial. But that self-denial comes from the example of our Lord, who ultimately denied himself, did he not? He begins in verse 19, he says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant or a slave to all, that I might win the more. And so Paul begins here by saying, I'm free from all men. People were hating Paul. People were talking and and, uh, accusatory towards Paul within the Corinthian church. Can you believe that? After he had done so much for them, he was being hated on. But he responds by saying, I'm free from all men. In other words, it doesn't bother him that they're hating on him. It doesn't bother him that they're talking badly about him. He has this matureness about him. He has this confidence about him that he cares what God thinks of him. And we, if we're going to care about the things of God, if we're going to serve God um, effectively, we must learn not to care about the haters who may come about. 
We must learn not to care about those who would talk badly about us. In fact, Jesus said, blessed are you when they persecute you. Like great is your reward in heaven. Celebrate that fact. For such they persecuted the prophets and the fathers before, he said. And so with the haters, be free of them in your heart. Don't be a people pleaser in that sense where haters and the naysayers will prevent you from doing God's work. Too many people care about what people think about them. Lord, help us to have thick skin but soft hearts. Jesus said that there were those who cared about what people thought. And it was the Pharisees who thought, who cared about what people thought. He said that the Pharisees loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And that's where we need to be. What does God think of me? No one should be able to stop you and I just because they say negative things about you or because they don't believe in the calling in your life or the change in your life or what God is doing. Who cares? What cares is what our Lord thinks about us. And he thinks so highly of us, doesn't he? He loves us. He who called you is faithful who will also do it. In fact, if you don't have anybody talking smack about you, it's like we got to question whether we're on the right track. It's part of it. He says, I am free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant or a slave to all that I might win the more. Paul made himself a slave to God. Jesus became his master the moment that he gave his life to Jesus. And such is the case, or should be the case, to every believer in Jesus Christ, that he is now our Lord and our Master, and we in turn make ourselves his slaves. Bond servants, he doesn't have to force us, but he is worthy of all of us. Of all that we are, we give him, We, Lord, you don't have to take it from me. I willingly give you my life. And we know that when we come to Jesus Christ, that everything we own is because of him. He's given it to us. Our homes belong to him. Our businesses belong to him. Our lives belong to him. Our money belongs to him. Our children belong. It all belongs to him. And like Paul, we should willingly make ourselves his slaves for the purpose of winning others to Christ. Because winning others to Christ is the goal of our lives. Or it should be. There should be nothing more important than whatever we do. We, we keep one eye always on the ball. How can I share the gospel with anybody and everybody who comes in my life? Because my business isn't about making money. It's about how do I share the gospel with my co-workers, with my family, with my friends, wherever I go. Making ourselves slaves for the Lord. He says that I might win the more. And Jesus is that example. He, he, he made himself a sacrifice for us. Jesus says, said, I laid down my life. Nobody takes it from me. He laid on that cross when he could have just said one word and all of them would have been dead. But he laid down his life. He became a sacrifice. And God asks us to sacrifice our lives so that others can hear the message through our life. 
which is the goal of even breathing today, is so that we can share the gospel with others. Do we have that kind of heart? I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. What are we living for? What's our master passion? Our comforts. So many Christians are living for their comforts. You know, when you think about being comfort or, or living a comfortable life, it's as if we're trying to make heaven on earth a bit. I just want to live in peace and comfort. I want salvation but I just want peace and comfort in my home and I just want to live my life. Can you just leave me alone? And I'll go to church every now and then. I'll I'll check the religious box. That's not what we see in scriptures. The apostles, minus John, all of them were killed. They were worn out for the spreading of the gospel. And too many Christians are still living for their comforts, for their hobbies, for their social gatherings. Where's that in the gospel? Please tell me, where? Jesus time and again said, follow me. He who grabs the plow and looks back is not worthy of me. We got to move forward towards Christ because he's worthy of it. Because he loves people and he loves you and I. And he had mercy on you and I. Remember that day? Remember when you and I were lost? We didn't understand how things really were. We were blinded by the God of this world, Satan. We could not see that the scriptures were alive as they are. We could not see that we had a God who loved us. We were blinded like everybody else. And then one day, like that, like a light bulb turning on, We could see for the first time, oh my goodness, he's alive. And he wants a personal relationship with me. We we were broken. We'd say, we'll do anything for you, Lord. And some have lost that. There's just, there's no activity. There's no action. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. There are Christians who don't care about winning anybody, let alone the more. Why don't we care about what he cares about? It's because we don't spend enough time with our king to know what he cares about or to get behind what he cares about and to do what he cares about. We're too busy in 2023, living our own lives. I know no other way about caring about the things of God. I know no other way but to spend time in solitude and prayer with him. Not me and my wife and my kids. Not me and you. Me alone with Jesus. You alone with Jesus. You think about the Gospels and our Lord. You study his life and how he went around and he 
went up and down Galilee helping people, healing people, preaching powerfully. You watch his life. And time and again, you will read. And he went aside to a deserted place to pray. That he went aside to a solitary place and he prayed. And he prayed all night or that he prayed early in the morning. I know no other way to to get a heart for God like solitary prayer. Jesus told the disciples before he ascended into heaven, in Acts 1.8, he said to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He, he told them, wait to be empowered. And we're going about life, a lot of us, not being empowered. Empowered by the Holy Spirit means that we love the lost. That we we want the gospel to go forth and we are volunteering ourselves for whatever that means. That's being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It isn't to speak in tongues. Like some people are all stuck on that. Tongues is great. But is that the goal of the gospel, that we speak in tongues? Or is it that the lost hear the message of the cross, repent and get saved? So if we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're going to have that, this concern for the lost. If we're not, we're not. We get tired. I know we get tired. I get tired. My calling is to love God, to love His people, to care for his people. And there are times where I'm so tired and I'm saying, Lord, please give me love. Please give me love. Because I know the most important thing is to love his people, but we get tired. And you know what it's like when all of us are tired. Do we feel all chippy and wanting to be uh, talkative and full of love and grace and, you know, jolly? No. So he, he goes for comforts. He goes for rest. He goes for pleasure and a good meal. He did those things and we should take heed and rest. He told the the disciples in Mark 6 uh, verse 30 uh, as they were telling them all about the ministry they had done. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So resting is good. Eating is good. Comforts is good. But you don't live in that state. And there are many Christians who are just go to work, go to church, and chill. We're here on Wednesday night. I don't know for a fact people live super close to this place and aren't working and aren't here. Telling all of us, they're like lifting up our arms in prayers. Don't, don't lift up my arms in prayer. Come here and hold my arms up. Because I'll be here. And I'll keep the messages shorter because it's a w- midweek. But come. Why not come? Your pastor got saved on a Wednesday night. Come. Well, it's dark and I don't like to drive. We have people who will drive for you. Besides, it means more to the Lord when he knows you can't drive at night. But you do anyways to get here. It just means more. It always means more when it's harder to get here. I know no other way but to pray. I know no other way. 
I get so tired, and I'm glad God says to rest. As I rest, I bounce, I jam. I got white water, I go too often. I got the mountain. I think, look at our homes are cool, but there's a lot of, there can be distractions there. And I thought, well, is it wrong to challenge them to, to go to isolated places from time to time? Is that too crazy? I would think so, but the scriptures say, no, it's not too crazy. Remember the women at Philippi? It says in Acts chapter 16, verse 13, that on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. I mean, we drive everywhere. We'll drive to the outlets. We'll drive to Victoria Gardens. We'll drive to Staters. We'll, 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 we'll th- go to a park. Go on a hiking trail. Go to Whitewater. You don't have to wait for the church to put on a retreat. Some of us may be dying for a retreat with the Lord. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go for a drive. I'm going to go to a park. I'm going to get a sister to go with me or a brother, whatever. You know, you team up. You're safe about it. You go somewhere secluded. You spread out and you give God an hour in prayer. What do you think will happen to us if we do that? We will hear from God. We will be convicted of our sins. We will be convicted of our complacency. We will be convicted of making excuses and living for our comforts. We will be so convicted that we, we, you know, that we've lost a love for people that we don't, we're not even sharing with people. We're thinking about our hobbies. We're thinking about our, our, what we, how we want to live. What about what God wants? Paul is saying, I make myself a slave. Our Lord laid himself on the cross and he calls us to do the same. The women met at the Riverside. We're in Riverside County. Shoot. That speaks to me. I go down there to the water. Water is rushing. It's beautiful. Park right there. When you go down to the um, Whitewater, you can park on the road, not even go all the way to the, to the uh, ranger station there. You park, you walk down. Man, that water's rushing. It's like our little mini Yosemite. No one's there. On weekends, it'll be, but I, you know, I get to, I gotta go once a week somewhere to spend time with the Lord. And I sit there and I look up to the hills from where my help comes from. And that is where the strength to love people comes from. There's no, I don't, there's no other, you can read it. It says love people. How has that worked? It hasn't, huh? You, you do good, we do good, but I think we can do better. And it should be totally by actions. Totally people signing up for everything. We should not be scarce in people helping with VBS and the other things. That we, it should just, just, it just shouldn't. I mean, God gave us this house, it just shouldn't. We didn't have this house, we have it now. Just come and help. Help, help, help. Just help. Be here when it's open. Help, come. Tell everybody, why aren't you here? It's weird that you're not here on Wednesday. It's weird that you're not here regularly. Why don't we care about what God cares about? To not care about being involved to help get the gospel out? I mean, does it, isn't it a form of shunning Jesus? What did he save us for? To do nothing? He saved us to do something. Remember when 
the disciples could not cast out the demon from the young little boy whose father came to them. The little boy would, the demon would throw him in the fire and in the water. And they said, he said, I came to your disciples and they could not cast them out. What did Jesus say? He said, oh, faithless generation, how long must I, must I strive with you? Like how long? He called them old faithless generation. I mean, that's tough. That's hard. If you're just born again, you've been in the family for like six months, don't trip. We're proud of you. But if we've been walking with the Lord for 10 years, and we just keep hearing sermon after sermon about Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m., or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We